fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. He's on vacation. Drinking again. He's off bench drinking again. <laughs> Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. <laughs> We're your host, Rick Gates and Chris Leppard. Hi. And tonight we are joined again by Josh Luck, eight time podcast champion. <laughs> Woo. Um,. So last week when we uh, came to you guys, we talked a lot about our Kentucky hunts and, you know, our encounters, sand success. Um, Tonight we thought we'd talk a little bit differently, uh, different type of success, at least for me. I mean, I had a a very successful trip to Cumberland. Yeah, you went fishing. I went fishing. You know, like I said at the end of the last one, there's other brown things that you can get a hold of uh, that aren't in the woods. They're more on the water, but we'll get to that here in a second, but... (laughs) Um, not, jokes, turds. Jokes not turds. The jokes I can't make. <laughs> not turds. Um, what kind of trout are you chasing? What what kind of trout am I chasing? Yeah, you, brown trout trouser. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's in there. There's all kinds of trout you can get your hands on. And I'm like, <laughs> should I say this? Well, you did. Yes. So, and then uh, you guys have been hunting Ohio, which I have yes. not. But yeah, hopefully we'll be. Uh, I guess by the time this airs, it'll be a week after that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like a week after that. So I'll be headed to deer camp, which fingers crossed. Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll hopefully. Uh, when are you headed to deer camp? Uh, The 22nd. Okay. So, so no, you'll get to muzz no. hunt. No, here. I'm not going to get to muzz hunt. What? I'm not, I'm not muzz hunting. Because so I'm heading up to Deer Camp my bat on the 26th. I am not muzzleloader hunting because uh, that is a family <laughs> trip. Oh, where are you going? <laughs> to Brown County, Indiana. Oh, yeah, another vacation. Another vacation. I never get to hunt early muzzleloader. I've never hunted early muzzleloader in Kentucky. Live in Kentucky and wow. don't take advantage of an October. You're, you're leaving on the 26th. 26th. Oh my. Yep, twenty six yeah, like twenty six through the, the twenty six uh, Halloween of October is that's a magical day. Yeah, wow. so yep. th- this will come out on the eighteenth. Yeah, so right? we so, so so week and a day after this is released. Yeah. yeah, so fingers crossed on that. But yeah, I'm going to uh, Brown County, Indiana, for a family trip with my wife's family, and but all this said and done. Uh, this also opens up rifle season for me in Kentucky, which I have never had like the ability to come and hunt opening day of rifle down here ever. Really, I always take I always take the week off to go up and bow hunt. <gasps> oh, that's right. So since bow hunting got shifted oh, to a week later, I now get to hunt uh, at least Sunday of opening weekend. But it's twenty it's twenty one days long, so I got. Is it really? Yeah, it's super long. Yeah, it, oh it's, my Jesus, crepes! Yeah, it's, that's insane. I think it's twenty-one days. It's I from feel like it's fourteen. It's from the fourteenth through Thanksgiving. So I mean, that's not sounds like fourteen. Fourteen days, maybe fifteen. <laughs> Either think, way, though, I'm thinking if you add the two muzzleloader seasons together, mm-hmm. yeah. you get over twenty days of, right. of gun technically. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, fall muzzle late muzzleloader in Kentucky runs a full week. Man. 
Jeez. Yep. I can't wait to hit public and then go on all these little back routes with my bow where these deer are just going to be running from the gun hunters. Scared to death <laughs> while trying to breed. That's what is going to be interesting to me is I can rut hunt with a 7 millimeter magnum here. Yes, you can. And that just... I've been on a rut gun hunt mm-hmm. that ended very fast. We were in the tree for 10 minutes and I called in a nice buck. Never mm-hmm. been to the place in my life. Gorgeous. Uh, it was a nine pointer. Cousin killed his first deer and it ended up being, I don't know, it's probably 130, 135 inch deer. But again, you don't just see those all the time. It's ridiculous. Like when you look at the, the take numbers in Kentucky every year, it's like, oh, like it's a, it's a, you know, an okay archery state. And then like the gun numbers come and I want to say like three quarters of the deer harvested in the state come in that like in that time period. Oh, dude! Like it, it's it's just like freaking Ted Nugent, Wango Tango, Whack 'em and Stack 'em <laughs> or something like that. Well, I can tell you, I have four tags, mm-hmm. and I intend to be done <laughs> deer hunting Kentucky by the end of rifle season. Well, that that would be good. Just uh, if you're listening, always remember with uh, regards to this. Um, especially in Kentucky, if you are planning on coming down and rifle hunting, please check the, uh, the, uh, lo- no, the location you're going to be in private or public because we have different zones. So okay. if you go, if you go to zone four, which is a lot of the lower part of the state, it's buck only. Oh yeah, that's right. And if it's, uh, you know, zone three, there's this weird thing where you can like shoot a doe, but it can't be with a firearm or something like that. Zone one and zone two, you're completely fine. Zone one, they want you to kill as many damn deer as you possibly can. Only one with antlers, though. You can buy as kill unlimited does. They they want to they want to they want them severely. Uh, what, what's the word I'm thinking? Uh, decreased. Decreased. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That. So. I didn't go to twelfth grade for nothing. <laughs> I didn't. I don't put some college on my application for nothing. So. So. Yeah, it, it's going to be pretty interesting hunting with a rifle um, in the rut. It's a cool experience. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. I mean... I uh, need to buy a rifle. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Good you luck finding one. You need to become one. a gun nut. Well, what you do is, is you go to a store that's got like 7 millimeter... Don't don't buy something that's like a, like a uh, 243 or... Something that's common that people have, like a thirty out six, three thirty eight Lapua, two eighty seven robbers. Find yourself a gun that's uh, gonna have decent enough ammo, which we haven't talked about that in a while. Ammo's pretty much, I mean, for the most part, bounce back. You can go into stores and find it fairly easily right now. There's limits though, mm-hmm. limits. Which, if they'd done to begin with, there probably wouldn't be a massive ammo shortage. Yeah. But we they digress. We digress. So. Um, fishing. That's what we're here to talk about today. No. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, I took my first of 14 vacations. Um, no, seriously. Uh, I went to Cumberland a lot earlier than what I normally do. I was looking at pictures because I think like yesterday on my, like my Facebook memories, the stuff from when you went down with us six years ago <clears throat> was either yesterday or a few days ago. And I've been back for two to three weeks now. We did uh, we did mid um, mid September this year because I had to go to a wedding 
It was opening week of deer yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. Second day of deer season, I killed a doe just so I could make jerky mm-hmm. for our trip. Yep. So we went down there this year. <clears throat> um, awesome trip. It's always it's always a great trip. I love going down there. Um, I didn't stay for like the full, uh, you know, weekend to weekend. I ended up coming home a little bit early because I had to. I uh, went camping with my family. Um, <laughs> at a different place. So <laughs> keep laughing, keep laughing. I would have I would have stayed down there had I, had I not. But uh, limited on trout almost every day we were down there. Um, great time. Could, couldn't have asked for better, but, um, I caught what I did go back and look at, which is probably my personal best smallmouth. That, that fish is my personal best. Uh, prior, Dang. prior to that one, uh, it was three and a half. <clears throat> I caught a smallmouth, uh, that I was telling Chris earlier, it came out of 40 feet of water and hit a top water bait. Um, you know, just absolutely unloaded on a pop bar. And I thought, you know, I had, you know, the, you know, for those of you who smallmouth fish, you know, you know, a good smallmouth feels like, you know, a 15 pound largemouth. And it, it was just yeah. pull and drag. Uh, I had it hooked well. We got it in the boat, got great footage of it. Um, you'll hopefully see it in the intro if you look at uh, some of our videos coming up. But, um, Bass. Josh's, Josh's Texas. Yeah, Josh's hunt. Texas yeah. hunt is has it. Yeah, I was very say I'm pretty sure that's the bass. Yeah, yeah. That uh, so that um, that bass that's being released in that video is that smallmouth. Um, my camera angles aren't great, but it was it was really a fi- like one of the fish of a lifetime for me. So it's two years in a row I've caught a personal best fish down there, um, and it it was. It, it was it was just completely awesome. Bass fishing, bass fishing absolutely sucked though. Um, it was slow. Uh, we figured them out for like one or two days, and then <clears throat> front pushed through, and they were pulling the lake real hard to try to oxygenate the river. And it's just those fish like pull way, way, way off those points. And we're down there. I mean, to fun fish. Like I, I like throwing top waters down there. I'll throw crankbaits, which did decently well. But if it's one thing I hate, it's pulling way the hell off of a bank and Carolina rigging or right. throwing quarter-ounce jigs to bounce them off the bottom. Casting open water, basically. I, I, you know, I just, I can't, like, I get it. I feel like you don't have a plan. Yeah, yeah. Literally, you, you're going to love this. <laughs> you don't have structure. There's no structure to your fishing. No, there's not. There, and, there, there's nothing. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, like, you're, you're, you're bouncing jigs off the bottom. Uh, you're not throwing to trees, and it's it's not like fish weren't coming up and like trying to swat at baits. It's like they were coming up and just like they couldn't hit them. Like they just like hit the ass end of them, and then your bait would like miss or something like that. So we we ended up fishing in the mornings up on the lake, and then we would go down in the river in the afternoon, and uh, we would uh, we would fill a limit for trout, and then. Uh, start casting baits for walleye because guys were catching walleye in the middle of the day down there again, uh, which is fantastic. No stripers down there this year. Um, while I was down there, there was no stripers. Uh, there was a guy who had this super sweet boat. If you if you've ever seen one, it's uh, called a Sea Arc 200, and it's a completely aluminum welded boat. 
and uh, he built it to specifically go down on the river. And it's like, imagine the size of a pontoon, but it moves like a bass boat. It was insane. He's got, um, CR can develop these things on the back of them that keep, uh, keep it from like going all, you know, Western on you and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But there are these two big, I want to say probably like three to four foot platforms off, probably three foot platforms off the back of it to keep it stabilized. So he was going like up into the sluice gate area, which I would not suggest for anybody. That is not, mm-hmm. not a safe thing to do. No. Um, and he's going up there and throwing baits and catching, you know, giant big stripers um night nice fish and up until this year the guy said like i didn't even really ever come down here and fish so i went and bought this boat to be able to come down here and do this it's like oh that's nice that you have the ability to do that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it was a great time great trip i always love going down there um can't wait for spring so jelly cannot wait for spring so um the rest of this podcast i'll probably be silent because i have not hunted ohio uh <laughs> an iota yet um, I look, I look forward to, like, I, I look forward to hunting you Ohio every year. Coming up. Got a good one coming up. And then, um, during gun, whether or not I kill one or not, I'm taking my cousin out for his first ever deer hunt for like, well, he's been out about a three fifty legend. He's intent on shooting something. How cool. Yeah. So he, uh, he's in his thirties and he's taking him on public or <clears throat> public. Okay. Public. Uh, he's, uh, He's never hunted before in his life, and he's like, I've been shooting my gun for the past, like, three months. I've got it sighted in. Will you take me? I was like, absolutely. Like, I think that that's, you know, I preach it enough. I, I yeah. want, I want yeah. to make sure that I get a brand new hunter out to do it. Or I say, you don't only talk the talk, but you walk the walk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. That's good to hear. So, you guys, you both, have you both hunted Ohio? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I may have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll let Josh start us yeah, off. Mine will be much shorter. <laughs> uh, let's see. Opening weekend. We all kind of got together for yeah. opening weekend. Um, let's see. I met up with Cam, who is on the film team. He's on the page. I'm sure lots of people have seen him on the page. Um, He's going to be famous here soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but he is for... I, th- I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but for our film team, we have like a competition going on. Um, so we're we're partnered, and then we have a whole point system based on like animals we kill on film and 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 etc. Um, but anyway, Cameron is my partner, and uh, him and I um, got together, hunted a, a piece of public that him, neither of us had ever hunted before. But Chris, you were generous enough to kind of lead us in an area that you had been. Um, we were looking just to love ki- that spot. Yeah, we were looking just to kill a doe, and you were just like, "Hey, I've been here. <laughs> I've seen does every time I've been here." If you can kill her, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, him and I go to the spot. We get set up. Um, it was kind of. Well, I guess there's like three little ridge points that kind of dump down in that creek, right? The yeah. the, the creek, like it's almost like a Y. Mm-hmm. It like splits and comes down and then it joins and into the main creek and goes down um while our our wind was kind of blowing against the current so we were on this little ridge just off to the side um because we were afraid if we were right on top our wind would have been blowing kind of towards where you had said you thought the deer were bedding 
Um, and I was like, well, if we get to the side, we should be just off wind of where those deer will come. And then as it gets later in the evening, our scent should just drop right down and then the creek should take it out. Um, which is what happened with our wind. Um, but anyway, so we were sitting there, we get set up and, uh, it gets, I don't know, it was, I can't remember when we had texted you. We still had quite a bit of light left, like an hour of light or something. And, um, Cameron had nudged me and he was facing kind of the opposite direction than I was. He was like, Josh, I see a deer. It was, it was probably 60 yards out. I couldn't see it from my angle. I had a bunch of limbs and stuff in my way. I had, I just caught a glimpse of a deer. The sun just had it right as it was moving and I caught a glimpse and I was like, Oh, like you're right. There's, there's a deer and he, he could see it better than I could and said it was a good doe. So I'm getting the camera ready and he's getting his bow ready and, we're sitting there watching. We lose sight of her. We're like, man, where'd, where'd she go? If we were hoping she'd go on the, just on the other side of the little ridge we were. And then if she worked down towards the Creek bottom, I would have had a shot at her. Um, but we were also afraid she would come straight towards us and we wouldn't be able to see her. Cause there was a bunch of trees and stuff in her way. Um, being just off the side of that ridge on the one side where the Creek was, we were 30 feet up at least, but on the other side, we were maybe like 10 feet up. Yep. Um, and, and that's kind of what happened. They, she snuck in super quiet up on top of the ridge. And then she like popped out right on top of us at like 20 yards. Uh, Cameron saw her first again. He was like, there she is. And like, as I swing the camera around and I'm trying to get her in frame, I had perfect view of her in the camera, but, where my eyesight, I had a branch in my way and I couldn't see that she was looking right at me essentially. And as I was finagling with the camera, she caught movement. She blew and I'll be darned if there weren't two other does right behind her that we had no idea. And as she blew and took off, two other deer come up behind us down uh, one of the other ridges and towards the creek bottom. So they start blowing and take off and we're like, holy cow. Um, so wait. Were there five? There were five. Jeez. We saw one. <laughs> and then then saw four other tails going <laughs> running away. Dude. Four little white flags going the other way. Is good. I almost this sounds so next level for a deer, but I'm here to tell you I've felt like for two years that she watches the access point and when you walk in there. She knows that you're there, and she comes and picks your ass out just to foil <laughs> your plan. I swear, I can see that deer it was and an have her close to shooting range every time I go. But I I got to the point when I was struggling, and uh, this was 2019. Could not get on a halfway decent buck, and she picked me out so many times, and finally I'm like, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> She's good. Um, it was it was a big doe. Um, that was cool to see. Yeah. So it was it was a good hunt. Sort of. It was the first time Cameron and I got to hunt together, so we enjoyed yeah. that. Um, and then afterwards, we went to your house. Yeah. Yeah. And hung out with everyone. Got to see how much we suck at deer hunting yeah. and shed hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have seen. Oh, dude. Oh yeah. Did, did I, didn't, I didn't go. You didn't get. No, did, he was on did, vacation. I was on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did we tell you about? So we had a 
Mike, right? Mike. Mike and Paige. Yep. Um, they were out at Chris's. They, they're on the Facebook page as well. Okay. Man, they had some big sheds. Really? Not big sheds. <coughs> monster like, sheds? Like monster, monster giants. They're huge. She's hunting a 180-inch deer. Yeah. She's never shot a buck before. And she's going to ruin her. She's, she's pa- passed. Listen to this. She's passed like 150-inch deer because she's obsessed with this buck. Yeah. Obsession's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Not the bow. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Dig. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that was really cool because no matter how big you think you are, there's always somebody to make you feel small. <laughs> and damn. Like, I've killed some decent deer. <laughs> they show these sheds and you're like, I haven't had that kind of caliper of deer mm-hmm. on camera maybe ever. And they have like eight of them. Ugh. It's it's pretty crazy. It um, sounds like it. But yeah, we had a nice little little camp. Had Good. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, bro. Have you... You haven't had the Sloppy Joes yet. Not, no, I've not had your Sloppy Joes. Sloppy Joe with American cheese... Bro. Tough to beat. Oh, it's so good. Tough to beat. Good sloppy joe. Not that man witch <laughs> shit that people eat. Like, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how I grew up on that. Parents should be ashamed of themselves. Because um, it's cheap and easy. It is. I mean, you fry up burger. It's like the poor people's spaghetti. You just... I, I make what I call hillbilly poutine out of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Or quarantine poutine. Um, quarantine poutine. Where you just like get a bag of crinkle cut fries. You yeah. Fry, you fry them. Actually, it sounds amazing. It's really good. And then you dump a Minus bunch of sloppy. Can. I mean, I, yeah. I just want to make. I, I Now I really just want to get some french fries <laughs> and dump my sloppy joe. Drop stuff sloppy on joe it. over it. And then you uh, put cheese over the top of it instead of Bro, cheese curds. Yeah. Let's go do karate in the garage. <laughs> That sounds awesome. It's really good. Like really really cheese yeah, fries from Skyline. Yeah, but better. <laughs> but way better. So. Um, have you hunted Ohio since? Once. What um, are, we, are we two weeks? We're two weeks into the two season weeks in. now, right? Two weeks in. Is that right? Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Well, yeah. by the time this release, it'll be much yeah. later. But, um, I have hunted Ohio one other time. I went... Of a morn, just, <laughs> uh, of a morning, of a morn. Um, just a just to try and kill a doe on film. I went to. A, oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. I went to um, a buddy of mine. I went to his family's farm that we've hunted since we were in high school. Um, we have some cell cams there and <laughs> and, and a spot we've been getting does. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna try and pop a doe on film. Just my trigger figure. Oh yeah. Trigger finger was getting itchy. Oh yeah. Um it would have worked out, um, but it didn't. <laughs> so um I would have won a million was, dollars, but I forgot my ticket. Yeah. It was very I nice. Didn't buy one. I tell you what, I forgot how nice it was with preset stands. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me you just like you just climb up in there and then you sit. It's so great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I don't have to carry in my stand or anything. I was like, we already got a tree here. And 
I was up and ready to go in no time. Big old stand, and I'm like, man, this thing's like a lounge chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I saw four, four deer that morning. Um, I, w- I was set up. I was actually expecting the deer to come out in front of me off of this bean field. I was set up in a small strip of woods in between a bean field that was still somewhat green, and then there was a cornfield behind me. Um, but we have deer filter in and out of this little strip of woods all the time. Um, and I was kind of expecting deer to come out in front of me. And there, there's a small thicket that was right behind me, and and sure enough, they came from my from the backside of me towards my right. I just happened to like look over and I saw a little yearling doe like 15 yards behind me, like coming like out of this little thicket. And I was like, Oh geez. And you know, I had that moment where you look and freeze and I ended up getting the camera on her and I'm watching her. And then, and then another little yearling doe comes out and they're like at the base of my tree. And then much older doe is behind them comes out and they're sitting there and my thermals in the morning were starting to work because the sun was coming up so i mean they were right below me but fortunate that they didn't win me um they worked right under me went off behind me i was paying attention to the much bigger doe and uh she came out she stood at the base of the tree for quite some time and then worked her way around me I had to wait for her to actually get past me. So I wasn't standing because I couldn't stand when they first came out. And then when she got in front of me, like she was in the wide open and I was like, she was maybe 12 yards. And I was like, I can't stand. She's going to bust me. So I had to wait for her to go past me as I have her in view of my camera 12 yards, like perfect footage. She gets past me enough where I can get my bow and then get stood up. And then I ran into the problem where you've been running, Chris. I couldn't get the camera around me. Mm. Well, what what was also not good was I had to put set my camera arm up a little bit lower because there was a branch right where I actually wanted it. And because it was lower, this stand, the seat was big, so when it folded up, the camera arm was hitting the seat too. Mm. So it, it just wouldn't reach around me. So I had to swing it behind me. And I still, I'm able to shoot the doe at this point. She's like still 15 yards, quartering away, working away from me. And then I look at the camera, and then there's just this limb over the screen. And I'm like, son of a gun, because she's going to walk out of my shooting lane pretty quick. And I'm like trying to get her in camera as I'm finagling with the camera and trying to get her in view. Like she turns around and sees me and spooks off. <laughs> How many deer would we kill if we weren't filming? <laughs> She Probably was a hell of a lot. That's why she I want to just buy a crossbow and be done with all this <laughs> stupid stuff. You just sit there and shoot them, and then they die on camera. You get or you learn to footage. sit shooting down with your compound. Eh, it's yeah. not really a learning thing though. You can't really draw your bow between your legs, or yeah. and you're risking a lot. And it's try to draw your bow straight without oh, it's turning hard. to the side. It's hard. That's uh. You're going to have a messed up stance and everything. It's going to be rough. So yeah, so the plan didn't work. Yeah. Didn't get a doe count film. But she, oh God, she blew forever. I was like, man, my morning's ruined. But like 15 minutes later, I had a little buck come by. Um, and that was the last thing I saw that morning. Gotcha. But other than that, that's it. Yeah. 
How about you? Uh, well, um, we'll start off with uh, kind of hosted a little mini cam. Uh, gentlemen that just joined our film team by the name of Tyler Sparks came down with his dad, uh, camped in the backyard, and then we had everybody over for dinner and campfire the next night, uh, opening night. But um, opening morning, we hit some public, and I had put a camera up a week prior on a white oak that was dropping along a creek, and I got more of everything else than deer on there. I had wood ducks. I had an owl. I had a beaver. I had fox, coyotes, deer, raccoons, turkeys. I pretty much just about had every animal in Ohio uh, on there eating those acorns or preying on what was. Well, looked like a good spot to sit. I waltz in there opening morning, and there's a blind set up 25, 30 yards away from my camera. With its back to the white oak that is dropping. So I'm thinking, all right, well, somebody just put a blind up for some reason here, so let's just keep going. So, again, opening morning, sitting somewhere where I don't want to, but don't really want to go D around in my good spots. Well, of course not. So, I waltz into this thick, just thick, nasty, freaking multiflora rose, and um, it's a maple woods, which I hate sitting in an open, like, maple woods. It's just dead. Mm -hmm. It's a travel route for the most part. Um, Sat there for a little while and saw a couple small bucks come through and then nothing else. Uh, Opening evening, went to the only private land sit I've had so far this year. Um, and again, as I'm fiddling with my camera, I look down and there's, I don't know how they got in, dude. It was a big doe mm-hmm. at 10 yards. I mean, she's under me almost. And as I go to move, I catch the other deer that I didn't notice. Oh, jeez. That was with her. And so... They kind of spooked a little bit and hung out. and I mean, I could have thrown something at them, but I don't want to. Because that's a good spot. I could go back there and probably kill a deer fairly easily. Um, or you'd think, anyway. Uh, but I was going to shoot a doe. If mm-hmm. I had, like, a good mature doe mm-hmm. on camera and everything, I was going to shoot her. But I hadn't... This is a place where I had some really good deer on camera in previous years. And I decided to not put any cameras up there or scout it in any way this year because it's the same thing every year. There's pin oaks that drop and there's a Mm -hmm. certain travel route they take and that's it. So there's not a lot to this piece. Well, I ended up seeing four does there and then the next morning I slept in because we stayed up until like i think i was up till like 2 30 a.m i said i was gonna see i see it was seeing messages at like 2 30 yeah. yeah it was later in hell <laughs> and i thought man do i do i really want to get up just to go like sleep in a tree stand or do we want to be smart sleep in and then go 
mm-hmm. you know, spend time with family and then go later on this evening. So that's what I did. Well, Good. surprise, surprise, <laughs> sleep in. I did not. Cade woke up at 6 a.m. and I was awake. Uh, so I went deer scouting that morning and then brought breakfast home or something like that. So that evening went and sat at a new piece of public and had one of the favorite haunts of my life. Um, got set up, wasn't there, but you know, 20 minutes, something like that. Had a big doe come off the hillside and drinking it nine yards Mm -hmm. and the whole time you know i'm like man camera's rolling she's oblivious god i could just kill you so easy (laughs) i actually picked up my bow and was contemplating shooting her Mm -hmm. and then she took it out of my hands and i was like thank you (laughs) thank you for not staying here because you were gonna die (laughs) um then Hell, I don't know, probably about an hour later, had a gorgeous, we call him low 30s, Mm eight-pointer, stroll off the hillside, walked right down to me, perfect footage, walked right underneath me, across the creek, there he goes. So I thought, damn, okay. Well, then I had a small buck cross downstream of me, and then, so that's three... So then I had a group of five antlerless deer. There were three does and two babies mm-hmm. come off the hillside. And again, sub 20 yards. So I thought, my God. So in Ohio, you know, we're at what, uh, six? So we're at 14 deer in three sits on mm-hmm. opening weekend. And uh, one, two... Four of those are bucks. Yeah. Well, then I did a morning sit and saw three does and four bucks. Is that right? No. Sorry. Five does. She had three babies and then there was mm-hmm. no. All right. I saw five does and four bucks on a morning sit and then the other evening this is that same piece of public yeah then on the same piece of public two nights ago i saw three does mama and two babies yeah and three bucks yeah so numbers have been pretty solid pretty decent pretty good um and i had an encounter with one of the shooters um that i said i would shoot he's not one where i would you know, cry over or anything, but public right. land, 130 plus inch deer, I'd be pretty jacked. Oh, and he's, yeah. he's mature, you know, and just the way everything's set up is just gorgeous. So, um, and I've never killed a buck on film. I mean, I've killed button bucks, as yeah. everybody knows. But, um, old spoon and crockett across the spoon table and over crockett, here, baby. But I haven't killed an antler deer on camera, and, um, it's tough to kill any deer on camera, and so, yeah. uh, you know, you do that on public land and kill a mature deer, I'm all about it. And the, what I've been thinking about is if I'd be scrambling to kill that deer in December, January, February, shoot him now. 
Yeah. So you can go fishing and pheasant hunting and duck hunting and dove hunting and squirrel and rabbit hunting. And You're not obsessing over sitting in a deer stand. Yeah, and yeah. I don't have to. I can I can sleep in, and then go pheasant hunting or say, mm-hmm. Will, Rick, Josh, let's <laughs> day trip Cumberland this weekend yep. or, you know, whatever. So yeah, I thought I thought for sure I was going to be done opening weekend of Kentucky and like I was going to free up a whole hell of a lot of time. But. Yeah, I um. So I'm still confident had conditions not made it to where I could not get to this spot um, on opening morning. I think that I probably would very well be tagged out on a book. But, hey. I mean, it is what it is. Such is life. And uh, we're going to keep rolling with it and... Yeah, I mean, it's been a good season so far. Yeah, and, I, and I don't it's think, early. And it's, it, yeah, it's Super not even, <laughs> I was just complaining about this to my dad the other day. I was like, I don't have a decent buck on camera on my farm in Kentucky. He goes, it's early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, 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 it's October. It's not even like the, through the first full week of October yet. Like, you got to think, you know, those deer are just now coming out of their summer patterns and starting to find other you know, food sources and that kind of stuff. So if you weren't in their summer pattern and you don't get deer typically on the farms that you're hunting or the public land that you're hunting until a certain point, you know, deer, deer are pretty habitual. Like yeah. like we talked about that in the last podcast. It's like last week of October, um, you know, that that's that's like prime time. Mm-hmm. Like And uh, deer go stupid during that week. They just can't handle it anymore. No, they can't. Yeah. They can't. And um, you start getting new deer coming in from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you start seeing deer that you didn't think were even remotely in those areas. And some of the deer that you had that were on camera are long gone by that point, too. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen that my father's place where I shot my two bucks in Ohio the past two seasons the the property sets up the property is just a natural funnel the way it sets up uh, in between two bigger parcels of, mm-hmm. of timber um, every october start getting new deer on yep. camera some of the ones we saw earlier in the year we haven't seen which is this is year three same things happening the one shooter that i named charlie i haven't seen him for quite some time uh maybe since the beginning of september I mean, really, when you think about it, like if you go back and you look at uh, trail camera pictures that you get every year, yep. like within two to three days of almost every one of those things, you will have, if you didn't shoot that deer last year, that deer will probably show up within that same time period oh, if he's told, still around. I told um, Chris this the other day. So last year I had new bucks start showing up on camera, what did I say, Chris, October 4th mm-hmm. this year? New buck on camera, October 4th. Yep. It was a nice one. Yep. I actually think there's one or two deer that that deer might be that I have pictures of last year. I can't tell. I have two different nine-pointers that look kind of similar. Um, but I'm expecting there to be some other ones as we get later in October. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I got to say, this has probably been the most prepared educational wise that I feel like I have been um, for deer hunting but at the same rate too I've been hunting a lot of public Mm -hmm. and private land the places I have anyway 
you just can't. What are you going to strategize on 20 acres? You know what I mean? You like, can't do you a whole hell of a lot. Like, you can't move around and adapt. You have a spot or two or whatever that you can sit, and once that's burnt, you're screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like the spot I just mentioned, my father's place, I won't sit there until the last week yeah. of October. And that's what, like, right now, I'm having a blast on public land, letting all the private land parcels receive pressure from the outside. And actually, a gentleman on our page talked about that today, uh, Tim Wozniak, mm-hmm. Aaliyah, yeah. my story with Aaliyah. Uh, <laughs> he talked about they just stay out and the surrounding farms pressure the deer and yep. hunt early and, you know, get too aggressive. And if you have a thousand acres, you can do that. Yeah. You can't do that on 50 no. Or a hundred. Not like, even that's close. That's still not a big piece. You have to be, you have to be very, uh, like calculated, mm-hmm. um, in how you do things there. And so like right now I'm buck hunting in the morning. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Ask anybody that knows me. You never hear Chris talk about hunting bucks. In the no, morning. no. And until late October. Yeah. And now. I'm seeing bucks in the morning and which I mean you see little bucks in the morning but man, I'm going Not. in there with confidence that I might kill one a mature deer and so um it's just been really cool to hunt public and to be able to um play around with learning more about the thermals and the way the wind travels and uh, what water flow will do to the wind and the thermals mm-hmm. and all that and uh messing with feed trees Well yeah I think it's important to kind of recognize that Everybody, I think, took a different uh, approach to how they were going to do things this year and really kind of switch some stuff up and, mm-hmm. and look at it to see, um, you know, after last year's season, you know, I mean, Luke killed a good deer. You killed a good deer. Yeah. Two good deer. Uh, one one was in Texas, though. I'm not going to Texas, so. Um, right. But, you know, reality being is that if if you're willing to switch some things up and try some things differently or, you know, go back to really basic, you know, things that you learn most basic like, stuff you man. Know, hey deer like water deer like acorns right go find those two things oh yeah. look there's some beds here yep it, it really is i don't want to call it simple because it's not simple but the woodsmanship aspect i think gets so overlooked because they like they sell all this now mm-hmm. on the market and people think you can buy like like for example deer sense do i think deer sense work yeah they can work do i think you can drag doe and heat through a field right next to you and bucks <laughs> just buck follow bomb. the trail and aren't like hey what's this dumb bitch following this guy for like yeah. that's not how it works <laughs> so you have to use your head when it comes to something like that but you can't you're not going to fool a deer's nose. You're not going to no. buy something that magically makes a mature deer come in from a half mile away. Now, you might take and clear. I learned this off the uh, Southern Outdoorsman podcast, by the way. Pretty awesome podcast. You don't hear people plug podcasts on their podcast, but if you haven't listened to that, you're crazy and you need to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Especially the episode with Bill Vale. No. Yep. Um, talked about literally doing something as simple as wherever you want your shot 
which keeping in mind that you need to understand where the deer is more than likely going to be coming from Mm -hmm. and working the wind, Mm -hmm. that's important. But simply making your own little scrape, but not even using peat, just clearing out the dirt. Yeah. And and they they hit the wind and smell that fresh earth, and they come to it. Yep. Uh, they think it's a scrape or whatever, and it maybe it's just not been worked or amateur buck didn't do it right, you know, whatever, you, and they come in there. You know, the, there's a spot on the farm that I hunt in, in Ohio that there's this real loamy soil, and the deer never make scrapes in it, but, like, they go over there and they'll just walk around in it. And it's just like, it's just this, fr- it smells like fresh earth um, all the time. It's like all these deer, you'll go over there, there's just tons of deer tracks through there. Tons and tons and tons. Not a food source near there, not a, you know, a scrape, not a rub, nothing. But there's this probably area that's, you know, I want to say, you know, 40 feet, like. Just a lot of deer tracks. Just a lot of deer tracks in it. And just like kicked up dirt. And I don't know if it's an old mineral deposit yeah. or what the hell it is. I'll say. But it's it's a lot of just like fresh earth smell. Like you'll walk in in the morning, you're like, man, you can really smell that they've been in here last night. Or you go in there in the Sounds afternoon. like what it is. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's simplistic in the woodsmanship is simplistic in a lot of ways because you're, and I don't mean that in like someone who's using it as a simpleton. I mean it in the sense sure. that. It is very basic stuff yep. that you learned a long time ago, and the next best thing supposedly came along, and you you know you switch to it. Um, it's a lot like you know a, a, a black buzzbait in the fall is for bass is an absolute you know kingslayer of a bait, but everyone moved away from it for whopper ploppers or you know a whole bunch of other stuff because it's like, oh, you know, the Bassmasters are using it. I might as well do that too. And I'm not knocking the Bassmasters. I'm not knocking their baits or whatever. But like Kevin Van Dam will say it himself. He's like, it's like black buzz bait. He goes, the only reason people don't use it anymore is because it fell out of fashion. Because it's the best bait that you'll have in the fall. Right. Every single time. Every single time. Nice. So go back, go back and do the things that you, that you learned. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's helpful to go sit on some of this stuff. Now it doesn't mean you can't add new things to it. Sure. But like, you know, base, base level stuff can be helpful. It's funny too. Cause like for so many years I sat in the same tree stand. I felt like I could sit through any weather and tough it out over anybody and will myself a deer. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to make them any dumber by being tough. Nope. Because they're tougher than you, and they they don't want to die. Yeah, they want to live more than you want to kill them. Yep. So, um, then I started hunting mobile from a climber, and success rate just flew through the roof. Mm-hmm. Well, then I started mobile hunting with a hang on, and you know, saddle or whatever, and um, it's amazing to me, like this year especially. Because I couldn't get in certain places with, like, the tree stand you have mm-hmm. now. Um, because of that little bracket on the back. Yep. I'm sure it's fine, because I also never tow-hooked that one. But um, I don't know if you've done that yet. Yeah, it works real well, okay. actually. Okay. So, with that beast stand, dude, I, I'm on the last tooth or the mm-hmm. last two teeth on a sycamore tree or, you know trees that are not easy to dig into yeah 
I mean, that thing is, I could probably swing out and jump on the side, like swing off of it, and then come back onto the side and it wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. It is like a rock. But I can get in places where I can hide and not be super high up and have great shop, bleh, shot opportunities. And um, I don't know. The whole mobile hunting thing has really changed it. And then, you know, starting to mess with the wind mm-hmm. and learning. You never really believe like, oh, the deer's probably going to go eat the the crab apples or, you know, whatever. And then you find all the sign where, like the other morning I pull up and there's a couple of pawpaw trees and uh, you could see where the pawpaws were smashed open yep. and eaten. And uh, the weeds were all beat down under the trees. Yep. And I'm just sitting there studying that. And I thought, damn, man, like this, this is probably where I need to sit. Now, didn't have deer come into that. But that was also in the morning. Mm-hmm. They were coming back where they had eaten all night. So, um, you know, in the evening, that might be the spot to go. But it's been been a pretty cool year to basically yeah. get back to the basics the other thing that i was going to mention is that i got into uh using trail cams and corn mm-hmm. and corn's an effective tool in the arsenal people knock it i can kind of see now why they knock corning a little bit mm-hmm. um because you do have like the guy that throws a pile out on the edge of a cut bean field and hey sometimes a big buck might come out of that looking for a doe or whatever but more often than not that's not no how it plays out um but it's also very expensive right now yes it is um but it's just been so cool to get back to the woodsmanship aspect a lot and it's just so pure this year i don't know what it is about it it's really cool yeah and i haven't even killed a deer yet no, but it's been it's been an eventful season so far. So I think it's uh it's kind of one of those things you just kind of keep pushing forward and carrying on. Yeah. And you know, one of us is going to drop one here soon. I've got a I've got a very good feeling about it. So deer are going to die this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Period. It, this this will be a this will be a good weekend for it. So somebody's going to tip the domino over. Yeah. Concluders. Concluders, I guess I'll go first. Since you are our guest yeah. slash third person on this podcast more <laughs> yeah. times than not. We're going to have to cut him in on all the deals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> this bag of chips. I'll get you some of these chips. <laughs> uh, concluders, we are in October. Quote, unquote, October lull, which is not really a lull. You just got to change up what you're doing. Um, so my concluder is still get out there and hunt. Um, if you're not seeing deer, go find them, right there. Find the food source that they're on. Acorns are dropping, you know, they're on white oaks this time of year. Scrapes should be opening up soon. They're Uh, opening up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen, I saw one today. Found two the other day. Yeah. Um, so scrapes are opening up. Um, use those to your advantage, especially if you're seeing fresh, Fresh sign. Um, definitely, you know, throw a sit at it or, or throw a camera on it. Um, but keep after it. You know, got to change it up from what you are doing earlier in the year. And it, the the action should just keep ramping up from here on out. Yeah, especially. And if, if you hunt small private tracks, don't be afraid to 
go hit public and teach yourself this stuff. Go find deer on public land. It'll make you a better hunter. It'll oh, make yeah. you a It'll better make you hunter. better hunter. It really will. It'll make you read your private land tracks like you never have before and it'll make it dangerous really mm-hmm. so um yeah solid concluder dude yeah. uh my concluder is a precluder <laughs> uh no it's uh so we're having the hunting beast down this weekend. yeah yeah and uh we will have been done filming our little rendezvous uh that hopefully goes well by the time this comes out but um if you are listening to this and you have not subscribed to our youtube channel please do so um fueled by the outdoors on youtube yeah anything we do is fueled by the outdoors uh check that out though and hit us up with a sub and check out uh our latest videos check them all out i mean there's some good tutorials and stuff on there yeah um, we've got some good hot, uh, good hunts. Josh, uh, has like a million views now. <laughs> He's basically baby shark. <laughs> That's your new nickname. Uh, <laughs> but, um, nah, it should be a good weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm hope you know, the only thing that worries me cause the, the October law can be tough. But that's because you generally are mixing in something that none of us like, and that's heat. Yeah. Um, we have this stupid Indian summer every year, for the most part. Yep. And Joe wanted to come down, and I flat out said, I want you to know that this is the toughest time of year to kill a mature buck. Yep. In Ohio especially. He's like, nah, we'll hunt them down. I'm like, okay, well, just so you know, temps are going to be in the 80s. You cool with that? Yeah. All right, let's go hiking. <laughs> so he's coming down from the Wisconsin. Cool. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it up. I think we'll probably end up getting to hook up with Pierce and Josh and maybe some of the other guys as well. But uh, should be a fun time. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, my concluder: If you have the ability to get somebody out in the outdoors this year, please do so. Hunting season is great to do it. You have a, a really good time fall fishing right now, too. But um, my other concluder is uh, this. Um, something that people don't necessarily think about. You're killing deer right now. If, you ki- if you've killed a deer right now, um, when you're processing a deer in these type of temperatures, make sure you're trying to do it quickly. If you can do gutless method in the woods, that's a good way of doing it. Keep oh, your yeah. meat clean. Um any temperature over 45 degrees, flies will lay eggs in that. That will ruin your meat, and it will get gross. So just kind of be aware of that. A cheesecloth that you can get at a sporting goods store goes a long way sometimes with that kind of stuff, too. Want to hear the trick that I learned today? Sure. On how to keep flies off your meat? <laughs> Is this a joke? This isn't a joke. <laughs> I know it sounded very much so like it. This is for reals. Yeah. Black pepper. That makes sense. Dude, I look at the steer online. I saw that post. <laughs> it yeah. looked like he chugged the son of a bitch through the dirt <laughs> with the hide off. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking like, I'm not going to comment, but damn. <laughs> and then I was reading some of the comments and multiple people are obviously commenting my exact thoughts mm-hmm. like, What'd you drag it through the dirt for, dumbass, and mm-hmm. all that? 
And then you got the people that knew. Yeah. Hey, it's black pepper. That's to keep the flies off. Yeah. And I thought, damn, dude, yeah. you're keeping your flies off and your meats preseason. Hell yep. yeah. Yep. So, so kind of cool. Be be aware of that. Um, a lot a lot of guys screw up deer meat early on and uh, in in the season and. You know, it's you know we're we're a month into it in Kentucky, and we're only a few weeks into it with Ohio and some of these other states. It's warm, and yeah. you know if you know if you want to support your local processor, by all means. But yeah. if you're like now me or Chris, yeah, um, we process probably Josh too. We process Josh will yeah process our own deer, and I will the desire to yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> You're awesome right now. <laughs> um, Take that, Tyler Sparks. <laughs> process uh, process your deer. And uh, yeah. if you don't know how, learn from somebody. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll do a video this year. And also to add to that, if you are processing your own deer and you're going to be putting it on ice in a cooler, pop that plug and keep that deer uh, in something and on top of the ice. Don't let water get all over your meat now i'm not going to say that it's going to ruin it and rick's giving me a dirty nasty look right now <laughs> we'll, we'll do this on a different podcast but you don't want to like waterlog the hell out of your deer meat basically is what i'm saying you don't um so anywho but it's okay to bleed it off yeah yeah get rid of the blood sure yeah but not like pressure wash it in a cooler <laughs> no not so. pressure wash it in a cooler. but anywho uh this has been fueled by the outdoors <laughs> I've been your host with Rick Cates. My oh, name is Chris give it a rest. <laughs> because I don't forget my host. Oh, and uh, we've been I did joined at the start of this one by world champion <laughs> podcast guest, nine time or whatever it was, eight time guest, Josh Luck. So, have see, it going, guys. It's Bye. been a pleasure. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors, the number one, at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.